This is an audio version of Losing the Root for the Tree by Adam Zerner, originally published on the 20th of September 2022. 1. You know that being healthy is important and that there's a lot of stuff you could do to improve your health. Getting enough sleep, eating well, reducing stress and exercising, to name a few. So here we have a diagram with health and then four lines that diverge underneath it. And they lead to sleep, food, stress and exercise. There's various things to hit on when it comes to exercising too. Strength, obviously. But explosiveness is a separate thing that you have to train for. Same with flexibility. And don't forget cardio... So now we have a kind of extended version of that branching diagram. So at the top we have health, with its branches for sleep, food, stress and exercise. And then at the end of the exercise branch, from the word exercise, we have four more branches. Cardio, flexibility, power and strength. And this continues downwards in the same direction as the other lines. Strength is most important though, because of course it is. And there's various things you need to do to gain strength. It all starts with lifting, but rest matters too. And supplements. And protein. Can't forget about protein. So now we have the extended, extended version of that diagram, again continuing further down the page in the same direction. So we have health leading to sleep, food, stress and exercise. Exercise in turn branches out to cardio, flexibility, power and strength. And then strength branches out to lifting, rest, supplements and protein. Protein is a deeper and more complicated subject than it may at first seem. Sure, the amount of protein you consume matters, but that's not the only consideration. You also have to think about the timing. Consuming large amounts two times a day is different than consuming smaller amounts five times a day. And the type of protein matters too. Animal is different than plant, which is different from dairy. And then quality is, of course, another thing that is important. So now we have the extended, 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 extended diagram. I think by now you get the picture, so I won't read out all of the branches that terminate. I'll just read out the one that leads on. So we go health, exercise, strength, protein. And then under protein we have amount, timing, type and quality. But quality isn't an easy thing to figure out. The big protein supplement companies are out to get you. That's a link. They want to mislead you. Information sources aren't always trustworthy. You can't just hop on the wire cutter and do what they tell you. Research is needed. So you listen to a few podcasts, follow a few YouTubers, start reading some blogs... Throughout all of this, you try various products and iterate as you learn more. You're no Joe Rogan, but you're starting to become pretty informed. 2. You're a product manager over at Dan's List, an up-and-coming competitor to Craigslist. You've recently been promoted and are now in charge of the most important page of the site, the product listings page. This page is Dan's List's bread and butter. It's very important that it is a good web page. 
and there's a lot you can do to improve it. These improvements can be grouped into aesthetics, usability, functionality, and speed. So we have a similar diagram here. We have the first generation here, so listings page at the top, branching out into aesthetics, usability, functionality, speed. Speed is something that the VP of product has been talking a lot about. And you recently had a few meetings with the tech lead and some senior engineers. They had various ideas about how the speed could be improved. One is to parallelize the data fetching instead of doing it serially. Everyone agrees that this would be a good idea and pretty obvious next step. So here's another diagram where we start to build the next generation here. So listings page leads to aesthetics, usability, functionality, and speed. Speed in turn leads to parallelize. But in order to parallelize the fetching, well, some things need to be reworked. Currently, the team is first fetching from service A, then using the response from service A to fetch from service B, and then using the response from service B to fetch from service C. So given how things are currently structured, the fetching can't be done in parallel. Service C needs the response from service B, and service B needs the response from service A. It'd take some effort, but these services can be rewritten in such a way where they don't depend on one another, and the data fetching can be done in parallel. Seems logical enough. So here again, listings page, then aesthetics, usability, functionality, and speed, Speed leads to parallelize, and parallelize leads to restructure. But unfortunately, things don't stop there. It isn't currently possible to restructure those services with the Postgres database the team is currently using. They need to switch to MySQL first, because MySQL has some features that Postgres just doesn't offer. So again, the diagram keeps growing. We keep on going down this branch, we have listings page, then speed, then parallelize, then restructure, then MySQL. Again, this all seems logical enough to you. So you announce the migration to MySQL to the team. And with the help of the tech lead and one of your highly paid superstar backend engineers, you start writing some tickets. Does anyone notice a problem here? Or at least does anyone have any questions? Personally, I'm thinking to myself, wait, what are we actually trying to do here? Well, I guess we're trying to improve the speed of the landing page, and parallelizing the data fetching is one way to do that. But, okay, I think I'm starting to see where this is going. Maybe there are other ways of improving the speed that we should consider? So here we have listings page, leading to aesthetics, usability, functionality, and speed. Then, as before, we have speed to parallelize to restructure to MySQL, but on the same level with parallelize, leading from speed, we have the thoughtful emoji. Hmm. Yeah, on second thought, this makes a lot of sense. We probably fell into a little bit of a rabbit hole there with the parallelization. It seems like a good software engineering practice, but in reality, it wouldn't actually improve performance that much. Each data fetching request is pretty fast, and it'd be a good amount of effort to implement the parallelization. Months, at least. On the other hand, now that you think about it, there's actually some low-hanging fruit when it comes to performance. There's a few JavaScript libraries being loaded to the client that aren't really necessary. 
the front end is only using a few functions from them. And they're really large, so they're adding 1,200 milliseconds to the page load time. Not good. It'd probably only take a week or so to remove them. And compared to the parallelization, hmm, how much of a performance gain would that even give us? You never really stop to think about that question. But now that you're considering it, it'd probably only be about 60 to 80 milliseconds or so. Yeah, that's not worth it. We can illustrate this with the thickness of the lines of the tree. So here we have a zoomed-in segment from that big diagram before. Speed is at the top of this one. And then we have a bold line leading to JS libraries and a thin line leading to parallelize. And let's also give some weights to the other lines. So now we have listings page, a very thin weight to aesthetics, some to usability, heavy to functionality, some to speed. And then under speed we have heavy to JS libraries, light to parallelize, and then we have heavy to restructure and heavy to MySQL, leading from parallelize. Hmm. So after thinking about this, the lines underneath parallelize certainly are thick. They're essential for getting the parallelization to work. But the ultimate impact that they have on the root node, listings page, is pretty small. They're bottlenecked by the fact that the speed parallelize line is pretty thin. And on top of that, you realize that the listings page speed line is also pretty thin. The bigger thing is the functionality. Usability is a somewhat close second, and aesthetics are a distant fourth. With this in mind, you start to brainstorm ways to truly have an impact on the landing page. After all, results are ultimately what matter when it comes to your promotion and career. Three. Fast forward three years. After developing a clear picture of what truly matters for the landing page, you start having some real success as a product manager. The listings page is doing great, and you receive a handsome bonus. But you're feeling a little bit stagnant in your career still. Vicky over in sales just got promoted to that VP position you've been eyeing. You feel like you should have reached VP at this point in your life. One day you decide you've had enough. You grit your teeth and start brainstorming. How do I reach the position of VP? Well, you understand that results are all they actually care about. Not how many hours you work, not how nice you are, not how effectively you communicate or well you lead, or how many of the boxes you check for their core values, in quotes. No. They ultimately just care about results. Okay then. So how do you produce larger... Hey! Maybe you're losing the root for the tree again. Yeah. Your role is a product manager and you've been placed in charge of the listings page. So, your responsibility is limited to the listings page and to the sorts of things that product managers do. But as you noted before, fuck all of that noise. What do they ultimately care about? Results. Yes, results. So let's try to brainstorm how to produce larger results for Dan's list. Well... The listings page is just one component of the company's overall success. What are the other components? What happens if we start disregarding our responsibilities as product manager and bubble up, in quotes? 
So now we see the whole diagram from before that branched out onto listings with aesthetics, usability, functionality, speed, etc. Except now we've zoomed out and noticed that there's a level above it, where listings is just one of four things clustered under UX. So in this case, the tree diagram begins with UX at the root, then has contact, create, landing, and listings. Then listings has aesthetic, usability, functionality, speed. Speed has JS libraries and parallelize. Then parallelize leads to restructure, leads to MySQL. And looking at the weights of the lines that connect UX to its four subparts, landing and listings are the two bold parts. Listings being the one that we had at the top of our tree before. Okay, so you realize that what you're really trying to solve for, in quotes, is the user's experience. The listings page is only one component of that. There are other pages, like the contact page, create listing page, and landing page. It is beyond your assigned responsibilities, but maybe you can have a bigger impact by thinking about the other pages. Actually, no. Let's think bigger. What happens if we bubble up even further? So now we've got this giant diagram showing the whole thing from before, where we had web UX at the top, with contact, create, landing, and listings beneath it. And then up here, we have web UX just being one sub-branch of overall UX, which also includes customer support and a thoughtful face, hmm, as sub-branches. We realize that the web pages are only one component of the overall user experience that is provided by Dan's list. Things like customer support also count. What else matters to the UX? Actually, no, let's not go down that path. Let's continue bubbling up and see where it takes us. What ultimately matters for the company's success? UX is certainly one thing, but what else? Huh, it hits you that these are probably the sorts of things VPs think about. Nice, you want to be a VP. So yeah, you should probably start thinking about this. Okay, well, yeah, UX matters, but other things matter too. Like, uh, the overall macroeconomic landscape? Yeah, that's one. Let's write it down. What else? Um, marketing? That's another word. We'll go with that. What else? Well, thinking about it from first principles, if you were a user, what would you want? No, let's be more specific. Suppose you are a buyer. What do you want? Well, a good selection of products, really. You're there to shop. If you can find a hairdryer for $5 cheaper than Craigslist, you'd prefer Dan's List, even if Dan's List's website wasn't quite as fast or aesthetically pleasing. Yes, the more you think about it, this is totally the dominating factor for you. And what if you were a seller? Same thing. If you can expect to make $5 more selling at Dan's List, you'll go to Dan's List. So with that said, the picture starts to look something like this. So now we've zoomed out again to see another level above where we were before. It still has branches all the way down to MySQL, but now we see that WebUX was just a sub-branch of overall UX, which in turn is just one branch under Dan's list. And critically, we noticed that WebUX was the most bold line under overall UX. However, under Dan's list, the boldest line is actually labelled network. Then marketing, macroecon, and overall UX are all fairly light lines. 
Wow, cool, what an insight. With this insight, things start to really take off for you. After talking with users, you realise that they are very willing to refer a friend in exchange for modest compensation. And the unit economics made sense. The customer acquisition costs were way lower than the estimated lifetime value of a customer. And those sorts of terms, CAC and LTV, are the sorts of things that VPs like to hear. So you write up a PowerPoint and ask your boss if they'd give you a chance to present the idea to upper management. Dan's List is one of the few companies cool enough to let you do this, so they oblige. It turns out the VPs were persuaded. They decided to implement the Refer a Friend program, and it was a massive success. This led to you being promoted to VP. And 10 years later, Eric's List offers you a position as CEO, which you take. 4. But when thinking about your life overall, things aren't actually that great. What gives? You always wanted to move up the ladder in your career. VP was a solid goal, but you never really expected to reach CEO. So you've outperformed your own expectations. And your weightlifting has gone really well also. You've been sticking to a schedule of going to the gym four times a week after work. There's a lot of serious lifters there. It's one of those gyms. But you're still one of the stronger people there. Perhaps something like the 75th percentile. Pretty good for a white-collar guy in his early 40s. And those other guys who are less strong than you probably work a good amount harder than you. They should really read up on protein quality instead of just being a meathead. Lols. Anyway, though, you just don't actually feel satisfied about life. You're not even sure you want to keep being a CEO. There's a lot of pressure and stress on you. The expectations suck. It feels like you're treading water. If Eric's list performs poorly, people are pissed at you. But if the company performs well, it just feels like the response is, yeah, that's your job. No one is really patting you on the back. And now that you're at the top of the ladder, there isn't really anything to aspire to anymore. Yeah, treading water is pretty accurate. And with the combination of long hours plus spending two hours at the gym four times a week, you really don't have much time for your family. Oh, and the networking. Almost forgot about that. As a big shot CEO, there are a lot of fancy dinners and weekend golf outings. So even less time for your family, which has strained your relationship with your wife, but even more so with your teenage daughter. At least your eight-year-old son still likes you. Speaking of which, man... Wouldn't it be great to get to spend more time playing hockey with him? Yeah, it would. That's got to be one of the times when you're truly the most happy. Maybe you do need to reevaluate. Maybe you should think back to the roots of all this success. What did you do back at Dance List? Oh, that's right, bubbling up. Getting a clear picture of what the complete tree looks like. What are the nodes? What are the dependencies? What is the thickness of each line? How much effort would each node require? Stuff like that. And with that in mind, everything becomes clear. What you're ultimately after is happiness. Success in your career is somewhat related to happiness. Being financially comfortable is nice. And doing something that you enjoy is really helpful, given that you have to spend at least 40 hours a week doing it. But there comes a point where it's not worth it anymore. Even as a product manager, you made more than enough money to be financially comfortable. 
And you don't actually enjoy being a CEO. You thought it'd be the greatest thing in the world back when you were a product manager, but you forgot to update your beliefs when you actually experienced being a CEO and hated it. It's also very time-consuming and takes away from other components of happiness, like spending time with your family. Which, when you think about it, yeah, family and close friends matter a lot more. And all of that money you make, you don't even have the free time available to enjoy it, nor to pursue your other interests. So here we have a tree diagram. Happiness branches out to hobbies, money, family, and career. And we notice money is a pretty light line, career is a moderate line, family and hobbies are bold lines. Oh, and health. That's right. That's another thing that matters. Almost forgot. So now we have happiness branching out into hobbies, money, family, career, and health. Health is a little bit bolder than money and career, but it's not as important as hobbies and family. Your doctor isn't too happy with your health. You do lift four times a week and are pretty strong. But like the other meatheads at the gym, you ended up just disregarding cardio. And given how much stress you have at work and at home, your blood pressure isn't great, nor is the amount of sleep you get. You do eat reasonably healthy though, so that's good. But maybe you don't actually need to lift so intensely? Oh wait, here we are again with the bubbling up stuff. Yes, this is clear now. The original thinking was that lifting is good for your health. But how much does it actually matter? Is it worth spending so much time at the gym? Listening to all those meathead podcasts? Is focusing on protein quality for the purposes of increasing your strength really that connected to your overall health? And surely there are diminishing returns too once you reach a certain level of strength, right? Hmm. Somehow none of your podcasts ever talk about that. Yeah, it becomes clear to you that lifting isn't actually worth much of your time. You learn that one time a week is actually more than enough. And since you've already built up so much strength and have other things that are important to you, you decide on once every other week. And it also becomes clear that you should quit your job. Being CEO doesn't actually make you happy. And you have more than enough money to retire right now. So that's it. You quit. You spend time with your family. Start focusing on other aspects of your life and live happily ever after. Five. Until the nuke hits. Then you die and never come back. It's utter nothingness from that point forward for you and everyone you care about. It turns out that being alive is a crucial component of happiness. Was there anything that could have been done if that was identified earlier? This was an audio narration of Losing the Root for the Tree by Adam Zerner. Originally published on the 20th of September 2022, this was a reading by Solenoid Entity. <laughs>